This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. As we know, the, the year is closing, and one of the challenges that happens with um, a mindset of an annual shutdown is that we slowly begin to shut down, even in terms of our expectations, in terms of our motivation, in terms of who we are, where we are going. So one of the things I dislike about December is that we easily take our eyes off the ball and we begin to shut down. But as we have been taught, as you reach the finishing line, you should put your best, give it your best shot, and you must begin to set a goal past the finish line. Otherwise, the moment you reach the finish line, you will begin to lose sight of where you're going and lose motivation and begin to slow down. Just like we have been taught that the way you exit is the way you enter. So if you exit 2019 with a shutdown mentality, you are going to enter into 2020 with a laid back shutdown mentality. So I have no intention today to decelerate and shut down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let, let, let's see how we can take this off. Say to your neighbor, hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, greetings from the cockpit. On behalf of Captain Jesus and Celebration Airways, I would like to welcome you on board and thank you for choosing to fly Celebration Borodale Airways today. We have now been cleared to, to take off. So after a short pushback, we are going to taxi on an easterly direction. And then after a short, sharp right turn, we're going to, to rise and cruise at an altitude of 33,000 feet. We anticipate that our landing will be at about 11.15. with a soft touchdown. So I just want to talk to you about how do you see? Many times we focus on what do you see and we rarely think about how do you see? So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, give thanks in all things and in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So as we close down 2019 with a mindset that says we are not shutting down, God says give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. It says, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is the perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. So many people will look back and say, oh yeah, we are, I know this is Thanksgiving time. I know we are, we, we are supposed to thank God. But you know, you don't know what I have been through. If you knew what I have gone through, there is nothing to thank God for. But you see, the Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances. Even in those things that you think were a challenge, it says in those circumstances, give thanks. 
So why would I give thanks even in the circumstances that I don't like? Because I believe that we are going to produce evidence this morning that says even in those things, God is at work. So in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you. Or if we were to look at it another way, Colossians 3 verse 15 says, says this way, let the peace of Christ, let the peace that Christ gives rule in your hearts. As parts of one body, you were appointed to live in peace and be thankful. In other words, it's saying, you know, when the peace of Christ rules in your heart, even when you are in challenging times, even when things are, when things are going good, when things are going bad, you can still give thanks. So we must remember to be thankful. Hallelujah. Or as the NASB say, puts it, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, be thankful. Somebody will be saying, why should I be thanking God? There are so many reasons why we should thank God. Let's take a look, for example, in Psalm 34, verses 6 and 8. And David gives a few reasons why we should thank God. He says, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him. So he thanks God because while he is a poor man, he cried out and God heard him. I may not be a billionaire yet, but as a poor man, I cried out to God and he heard me. The little thing that he heard me about, I am thankful. And be thankful. And he saved him out of all his troubles. I mean, I've been through some troubles. I know some people have been through some troubles. I know some people have not even gone through troubles. Those who have not gone through troubles, they are thankful. Those who have gone through troubles and God has delivered them, we are thankful. So this poor man cried to the Lord and he heard him. Is there anybody here this morning who can say, in 2019 I cried out to the Lord and he heard me. So it's time to give thanks. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. There are people here who have been delivered. Some of us have been delivered and we know it. Some of us have been delivered and we don't know it. You know, sometimes when we get to heaven, you will see the near misses of accidents that God saved you from that you are not even aware of. You will see the plans and the arrows of the enemy that had been shot at you and you never saw them because God delivered you. But he says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. So I am thankful this morning because God has delivered me. The very fact that I am alive today, the very fact that I am here today, I have survived the challenges of 2019 means that I am thankful because God has delivered me. Then David says, Oh, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts him in him. So he says, test and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is good. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, test and see that the Lord is good. You are blessed, neighbor, if you trust in him. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Now let's make the sharp right turn. Psalm 37, verse 23, 25 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So though he falls, though he stumbles, though he struggles, you know, there are some people who are saying, ah, 
I, I struggled through 2019. I mean, I was really crawling, but you are crawling past the finishing line. So the Lord has sustained you. Even though you are just saying, you, you know, I almost drowned. Or even if I stumbled and I fell, but the Lord upheld you. You are not utterly cast down. You may not have entered into your breakthrough yet, but you are not yet utterly cast down because the Lord is sustaining you. The Lord is upholding you with his right hand. And then David says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. I mean, this is a man who has been, who has been dethroned by his own son. This is a man who has gone through some terrible things. This is a man whom the, a king tried to, was playing dust with his life. But he says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. Don't you think we should be thanking God? But I want to get back to verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. You know, it's, it's amazing. You see, when I look at believers, believers are so amazing. Because believers don't understand that the nature of life is that life is political. If you live where there are people, the life is political. There will be people who will be doing things. And believers don't understand that. So the other time, I think about three years ago, I was talking to somebody who was angry and bitter because people were conspiring against them. They're saying things are not working. I'm going to do this because, you know, this one tried this on me. This one tried that on me. And they, they were all focused on people. And I said, why are you surprised that people are conspiring against you? The nature of life is whether you know it or not, there are people who are conspiring against you. Hallelujah. It's not news flash. But the Bible, you see, the, here's what the Bible says. When the Bible gives us an armor, he gives us an armor just for the front, not for the back. And yet so many believers, as they run their life, they run looking backwards saying, who is going to set me up? Who is trying to, to lay a trap for me? Who is conspiring against me? You, you know what? Years ago I learned that, you know, life and people never conspire against me. But God actually uses them to conspire for my acceleration. Those who think they are setting me up and they are trying to trap me, in reality they are setting me up for success. So I don't look, I, I'm not bothered because the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. So the Lord orders your steps. Now I ask Judas, when Judas betrayed Jesus, he thought he was conspiring to undo Jesus. But that conspiration was actually God conspiring for the salvation of mankind. That which the enemy meant for evil, God redeemed and used for his glory. That's why I'm thankful even when you are looking at people and saying, Oh, what are people doing at me? How, why are these people doing this and so on? Why are you bothering with people? Are people your God? Are you listening to me? You can be thankful. You don't have to be like an African, although you're an African. You see, Africans are always thinking, it's because But the Bible says here that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So while they are conspiring and they think they are conspiring, they are actually setting up. Think about Potiphar's wife. She thought she was laying a trap for Joseph, but she didn't know that she was setting him up for the throne in Egypt because God uses that which people try to conspire for you for your benefit. 
So why are you bitter with what people are doing at your workplace? I mean, I can't tell you how many people I have sat down with and in counseling sessions, they're saying, ah, you know, Pastor, I should be doing well, but there's this person who has blessed against me. They're always talking to the boss against me. They are doing this. Why bother? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Do, do, do you follow what I'm talking about? So, if you focus on people, you get bitter. Think about Joseph. If Joseph was going to say, oh my God, that woman, that wicked woman, I was upright. How can she do this? She conspired against me and she did all this and all these things worked against me. And therefore I am in this, in this prison. He would never had the discernment to interpret the dream. If Joseph had been bitter with his brothers and said his brothers and said these guys, they threw me in the pit, then they sold me to these guys who took me to Egypt, all his life he would have been bitter. So why do you drive while you are looking at the rear view mirror, looking at what your brothers are doing? Your brothers are conspiring for your destiny. They are conspiring for, your, for God to accelerate you. So don't worry about people. Do, do, do you follow what I'm saying? To me, people are unimportant when it comes to politics. Because you see, the political people are not as important as God. You say, what is he talking about? I'm talking about you. You spend your life saying, ah, ah, Jaso, this, this country has now gone to the dogs. Ah, this president, I don't know what he has done. And you are focused on the president as if the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by E.D. What has E.D. to do with anything? I don't care what ZANU-PF does or MDC does because my steps are ordered by the Lord. When these guys... So when you begin to think from the perspective that it's God who ordered your steps, you are not going to keep saying, ah, the economy, ah, just oh, I mean, I don't even know what you are going to do. This year, ah, it was hard, but it's going to be harder next year. How are you seeing? Do, do, do you follow what I'm saying? So we can be thankful because we know that our destinies are in the hands of the Lord. So the other day, I was talking to somebody who was was saying, you know, things have become so tough in this nation and, and people have done this and have been fired from my job and, and uh, the, you know, these things are not working. I mean, I, I, I can't stand in this country anymore. And, and they, they, they were complaining and complaining and complaining. And then I said, why don't you stop thinking about people? What if the problem is not people? What if it's the mother eagle who has started to remove the feathers out of your nest? Because he wants you to be uncomfortable enough to fly out of the comfort of the nest. So, so why are you looking at people? Because the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, I don't even know where he's going with this. So as we turn, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You know, when, when you think about evidence, evidence is one or more reasons based on facts 
and information for believing that something is or is not true. Or put it another way, evidence is anything that you see and experience and read or are told about that causes you to believe that something is true. Now, when we talk about thanking God for this year and talking about closing this year with thanksgiving, because you know that your steps are ordered by the Lord, that you know that even if there was a, a, a Judas, the Judas is not the problem, because Judas would not have brought you where you are if his steps were not ordered by the Lord. So if you realize that the earth is conspiring to accelerate you, to project you into your destiny, then you don't worry about people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, we have now made the turn. Now I want you to look at this picture on the, on the screen. Tell me what do you see? Shout somebody. What do you see on that picture? Sorry? I hear rumblings. I can't hear. Somebody who is bold enough, shout. Amen? Somebody is saying they see a face. Anybody who sees anything else apart from a face? Just shout. Somebody is seeing a tree. Somebody, what else are you seeing? Somebody is seeing a woman. How do we see in the same picture a man, a woman, and a tree? Somebody seeing a house. Okay, okay, guys, 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 guys. Father, open their eyes that they may see. Okay, now a miracle has happened. So what are you seeing? Hello, somebody. Somebody is seeing two houses. So, so, so the, the, the title of our message today is, How Do You See? Because how you see determines what you see. Now, if you... Some people are seeing an old man with a big beard... Right? How many people are seeing an old man, a face of an old man with a big beard? Let me see. Okay, great. How many people are seeing a lady who is seated under a tree overlooking a village? How many? So do we have the face of a man or do we have an old woman? Who doesn't see the, the, the woman who is sitting on a rock? Who doesn't see? Just, can I see a raise of hands? Okay, these ones are the ones who tell the truth. There are a number of people who, are, who, who won't tell. So, so that picture is both. So you see both depending on what you are focusing on. Hallelujah. So how you see determines what you see. So you see, <coughs> excuse me, people witness the same event Look at the same picture and yet see different things. And when witnesses present evidence, they describe different aspects depending on what they saw. But you see, what they see, what is their evidence, depends on their perspective and on their focus. So what did you focus on for you to see what you are seeing? If you are saying this year was challenging, what is it you were focusing in on so that you saw challenges? 
Because within the challenges, others saw opportunity. Within the challenges, others saw the end of God. When others were looking at Judas, others saw a traitor, others saw an opportunity for God to redeem mankind. When others looked at Potiphar's wife, they saw a wicked woman who indeed was wicked, but others saw a, a stepping stone towards destiny. So what did you see? When you look at the people around you, that person you are angry and bitter with because of what they have said or what you think they said. How do you see? Hallelujah. So, it depends on your perspective. Because you see, your perspective is your particular attitude towards, or a way of towards something or a way of regarding something is your point of view. It's the way you look at things. Now with that in mind, I want to borrow Pastor Taz's favorite scripture. Don't say it's not your favorite scripture. You, you will be in trouble, so you have to say it's your favorite scripture. So Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13 tells the story of the spies who have been sent by God, sent by Moses to spy the land. So they go out and they spy the land and they come back and we are answering the question, how do you see? So in verse 26 of Numbers 13, the Bible says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran in Kadesh. They brought back words to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him, Moses, and said, We went to the land where you send us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, when anybody tells you a story, the moment they say nevertheless, or the moment they say but, they are neutralizing everything else they said before but. So if you say 2019 was an exciting year, but, you have just neutralized the exciting year. Are, are we together? So, they said nevertheless, the people who dwell there in, they are strong. Their cities are fortified. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So this is the report they gave. So the ten of the spies, they describe what they saw. They saw people who dwell in a land that is strong. The cities that are fortified. They saw the descendants of Anak. And they describe what they see. Then Caleb in verse 30 quiets the people before Moses. He says, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. Say, how do you see? So those who are complaining about 2019 is because of how they see. So others saw the giants. Others saw fortified cities. Others saw strong people. But the, the, Caleb did not even describe what he saw. He says, guys, let's go up. 
We are able right now to take possession. Why? Because he had seen God, he had not seen people. He had set his eyes on the invisible so he could do the impossible. He was not concerned about the circumstances. He was not concerned about the geography. He was not concerned about the armies. He was concerned about the God he saw. So if you saw God in 2019, you can thank God. He says, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So he says, we are well able because of what he has seen. And they say, because they have described and they have focused on the giants, they have focused on the fortresses, they have focused on this. They say, no, 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 we are not able. So what you see depends on how you see. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone in as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, ex explain to me. Keep that text there. Explain to me. Is there no dissonance in this, in this report? These guys are saying, the, the land devours its inhabitants. So if it devours its inhabitants, how come we have giants in that land? Come on, can you make up your mind? Does it devour its inhabitants? Or it supports them and therefore we have giants. We have men of stature in it. So how do you see? This says, then we saw the giants, the, the descendants of Anak from the giants. We were like grasshoppers in our sight, so were we in their sight. But let, let, let me go back a little bit. Is this report true? They said the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Come on, guys. Let's turn in our Bibles. Let's look at verse 22. Verse 22 says this. Numbers 13, 22. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of, of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. So what did they see when they got into the land? They saw three giants. You see that in verse 22. But when they report, they say, all the people we saw are giants. All the people are men of great stature. How do you see? Is it possible that the reason you don't see the move of God is because you read the amplified version too much? So whenever you report, you are amplifying the things you see. You see three giants and you come in and say, all the people we saw are giants in that land. You, you led bread one night and you say, ah, oh, we spent the whole year without bread. There is no fuel anywhere in the country. How did you get here? How do you see? Hallelujah. So I can thank God because I still see the hand of God. Even where the enemy meant things for evil. 
Then let's move on. Numbers 14, 6 to 9. We have turned to the next chapter. Numbers 14, 6 to 9. But Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an extremely, exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. As you march into 2020, as you march into the next year, what is it you see? Do you see people? Do you see circumstances? Or you see the Lord? Joshua and Caleb, they saw the Lord. While others were seeing the giants, were describing the fortresses, were describing the geography, these were having an experience with God. They were seeing that their, their protection, their defense had already departed from them. While others are talking about fortresses, others are seeing that their protection is departed. You, you know what I think? I have a feeling, I can't prove it in the Bible, but I think I can. I have a feeling that Joshua and Caleb came from Murewa. You see, they, they, they see these people, they say, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Do not worry about people. Listen to me, people are inconsequential in terms of your destiny, in terms of what God is doing as he orders your steps. What people do or say or think is inconsequential because despite of what they think, despite of what they plan, God orders your steps. So he says, do not fear the people of the land. So why do I say they come from Rewa? Because they started singing, Yahweh nyama yoku gocha. Says, for they are our bread. Others saw giants. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw bread. They saw food. So how do you see? When you look at the obstacles in your way, do you see obstacles or do you see bread? Do, do, do you follow where I'm coming from? Oh, hallelujah. So I said all that so that I may say these few things and we close. How do you see? You see, there's a a principle that says this, your starting premise determines what you see. In research methodologies, they say your presupposition determines what you see. You see, if you go into research and you are doing some research and you have a starting premise, you have a way of seeing, you have a, a methodology of seeing, it determines what you find in your research. Are, are we together? So the way you are, you, you actually see what is already in you. These guys saw fear. They saw themselves as grasshoppers, and therefore they saw giants. So how you see determines what you see. 
So if you see yourself as a grasshopper, you will see giants. If you see God, then you will see them as bread. So here is my question. As we close 2019, what did you see? How do you see? Do you see giants in front of you or you see bread? Do you see a people and cities which are fortified? Or you see a people whose protection and defense has departed from them? So how do you see? Say to your neighbor, how do you see? You, you, you remember, I mean, I, I am an African, and Africans, you know, the beauty about Africans, I think when God created Africans, he, he was at his best. When he said, I want to create the best human race, he created Africans. Because Africans have a way of seeing and doing things, which is very interesting. Imagine with me, you, you, you remember that niece of yours, Majita, you remember Majita? Majita is known in the whole family as somebody who is always stealing. So Majita, for some reason, spends two weeks at your house. And because Majita is visiting, and you know Majita, that she acts in character, you begin to walk around and you're saying, okay, I need to be careful about everything. Suddenly you lose your, 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 your best perfume. Right? This is week one and you lose your best perfume. So whenever you, you, you are now seeing even the way Majita talks, the way she thinks, it's evidence that she is the one who has stolen. <laughs> so you begin to build a case because you are seeing it. See, she, she cannot lock eyes with you. When she tells the story, she is inconsistent because Majita is, I mean, she can't wait for the two weeks to be done so that she goes back because she already has a catch. But, but you don't want to talk to Majita. You don't want to confront Majita because you know Majita's mother. <laughs> so, so you can't deal with Majita. So Majita goes and everybody's saying, yeah, she has just done it again. Then a week after Majita is gone, you open your other handbag and you see your perfume. So what happened to the to the evidence. What did you see? You saw what you expected to see. So what are you expecting to see? What is your starting premise? What is it you are focusing on? Hallelujah. Hey, Amazon. It has nothing to do with it. The question is, how do you see? Hallelujah. Because you see, what you focus on determines what you see. If you focus on Majita and you think Majita is doing this, you focus on Potiphar's wife, you focus on things, you focus on the giants, you focus on the fortresses, that's what you see and it incapacitates you. Yes, that's a nice word that is popular these days. You suddenly say, we are incapacitated. <laughs> you can't move forward. Ah, what did E.D. come? E.D. And we are incapacitated. Siana <laughs> E.D. Of course, he's doing a bad job, but it's none of your business. 
destinies are not dependent on who wins the election. Sometimes we allow our politics to affect our faith. You know, there are some believers, let me just go on a tangent for a little bit. I know I just have eight minutes. No, but it's, it's my eight minutes anyway. I can expand them. But, but, but think about your politics. You know, there are some people who don't want things to go well with Zimbabwe. Because if things go well, therefore ED will claim the credit. So you would rather things go worse so that your politics is vindicated. How do you see? If you desire well for the country, it doesn't say that you support the incumbent. Neither does it say that you believe he is legitimate. Uh-huh. I, I, I was talking to a believer and he says, I don't even know. I was so disappointed. I think these elections were rigged. If you ask me, I also think they were rigged. But what I think is immaterial, whether they were rigged or not rigged, is immaterial. The fact is we have a president. <laughs> Hallelujah. And yes, we, we have him. Whether he sneaked in or he came in straight, we have a president. <laughs> if God wanted, he could have unrigged him. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? But for a reason that God knows that I don't understand. Is it possible that even he deal with all his challenges? Is God setting you up? Because the whole earth and the people in it, they conspire for your success. Is it possible you are missing opportunities because you are focused on the presidency? How do you see? Hallelujah. Listen, I did not say he rigged. I said many people think he rigged. And I'm tempted to believe him, to believe them. So what you focus on determines what you see. See, what you focus on begins to expand. These guys saw three giants, the sons of Anak. As they kept looking, them, looking at them, these guys began to expand. Then they began to say, all the people in the land, they are men of stature. What is it you are focusing on? The others were focusing on God. And they said, look guys, I mean, they were giants. There were these problems. But you see, when I look at them closely and I look at God, these guys are minsmith. These guys are bread for us. Their protection is departed. Because how you see determines what you see. Hallelujah. You see, what you magnify and elevate, you reproduce. If you magnify the giants, suddenly they multiply in your sight. Hallelujah. Ay, 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 ay. Here's my last point. You see, when you prioritize something in your mind, your mind is goal-seeking by its nature. Then it always notices those things. Have you ever noticed that you, you get into uh, this beautiful uh, boutique and you see this immaculate, this fantastic, this irresistible dress, one of a kind. You have never seen anything like it. Then you go in and you buy it. 
The moment you have bought it, you have prioritized it. And suddenly you begin to see, you go to this, to this Christmas party. Yes, I said Christmas. You go to this Christmas party and you see somebody with it. You go here and you see, suddenly you are seeing it everywhere. But before I bought this thing, it was the only one. Why? Because your mind, the moment you prioritize something, you see it everywhere. The moment you prioritize and you magnify and you're always talking about challenges, ah, zaka janya, zaka presa, ah, yes, no, ah, wakumana, yes, no, we are just in 2019, imagine 2023. The, the, the more you magnify and you prioritize negative things, the more negative things you see. Do you follow what I'm saying? So how do you see? Because how you see determines what you see. So let's touch down. You see, you can choose to focus on how God sustained us in difficult times. Or you can choose to see people. You can choose to see how circumstances are conspiring against you. Or you can choose to see how God will use those circumstances, both positive and negative, to conspire for your destiny. Or you can choose to see, to focus on people. Ah, ah, they, they, they are with me, they are with me. I am, I am their topic of choice. Of course, you are their topic of choice. If you were not important, they would not focus on you. You see, when people focus on you, you should see it as a compliment. They are trying to say we admire you. Because nobody would attack somebody going nowhere. You see, when the enemy targets me, I actually say, thank you, Lord, at least I'm doing something right. He thinks I am worth fighting. If the devil, I know the Bible says that if a man is right with God, he allows him to be at peace with his enemies. But if the devil is at peace with you, and he's comfortable with you, then I think there's a problem. So do you see the promised land and its potential? Or you see the giants? Do you see bread or you see giants? Do you see their defense which is departed from them? Or you see fortified cities? Because what you focus on expands. So as we close 2019 and move into 2020 and beyond, I've just come to ask you a question. How do you see? Because how you see determines what you see. And what you see becomes your evidence. And your evidence will enable you either to thank God or to be bitter with God. So say to your neighbor, neighbor, how do you see? Because when I look at Judas, I know that in all circumstances, I can thank God. 
I don't like Judas. But I thank God for Judas. Because if Judas had not betrayed the king of glory, and he had not gone to the cross, I would be a sinner dying and going to hell. So while I don't like what he did, I know that God caused all things to work together for his good. I know that even the intention of Judas conspired for my salvation. So I'll ask every head bowed, every eye closed across this auditorium. How do you see? Do you see the cross of Calvary as a heinous act? Do you see God as a sadist way to, to crucify his son? Or do you see the cross of Calvary as a God who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him will not perish, but that he will be redeemed? You can choose to see the cross as a sign of religion. Or you could see the cross as something to be hated. Or you can see that cross as God saying, I love you with everything I have. And I'm willing to lay down my life for you. So if you are here this morning, I've come to ask you, how do you see the cross of Calvary? How do you see the man that most people celebrate around Christmas time? A gift which was given for the salvation of mankind. Who laid down his life, shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that your sins may be forgiven you. When many people see blood, they see something gory. They see that they can't even stand blood. And yet Christians rejoice at the mention of the blood of Jesus. Because of how they see that blood. Their blood speaks redemption. That blood speaks the forgiveness of sins. That blood speaks new life. That blood speaks that you can have a reconciliation with God. So I've come to ask you, how do you see? Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.